It's October and it's Million Dollar Agent. John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm coming to you with the longest serving, best value real estate podcast in Australasia. I mean, that would have to be in 250 odd episodes, the best, the most energetic. I love that introduction. You are back 100%. So thank you for that. Energy, Troy, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks, John. I can't believe it's, uh, it's October already, the 1st of October. We are, we are now officially kind of in the, the final run until Christmas springs here. And um, we're starting to see some great results out there from, from many people. And also we had some great news about um, Victoria only uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, just before we launch into the October, because I've got a little story about 1st of October, Tommy, that I haven't told you. I've told Troy. I'm going to tell you in a minute. But it'd be most remiss of me since my uh, foxtail was on the blink last weekend and I was unable to watch the Roosters and the Rabbitohs play. I actually missed the results. So I'm just checking in, Tom. Did you manage to get the result of the Rabbitohs-Roosters game? Of course, the Roosters are red-hot favourites and I'm sure that they... Any news, Tommy, there? Any, any feedback for me? Listen, I, I, John, one of the things that you trained me a very long time ago, one of the first seminars that I attend, you always ask questions that most likely you'll have a rough idea of what the answer is going to be, right? You're the, you're the absolute master. So here he is. He's got a springy step. He's sitting in his car doing a, a on, on the COVID. We, we sat down, we talked about the topic, and then he ambushes us and tells us it was a 60 to 6 result. Yes, John. We're aware that South Sydney have done their biggest win versus the Roosters um, in history. Troy, you, 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 looking at your face there, you're, uh, you're gobsmacked. There's no response. Troy, you, you, you've actually managed, Troy, to avoid the whole topic this week. I've been with you many times and I haven't wanted to raise it. I've been interested to see if you would have raised it, but clearly you've avoided it like the plague. Um, it's a, it's so uh, anyway. I can't, hear, I can't hear yourself or, or Tom, uh, John. No, I'm just joking. Hey, listen, it was, it was a pretty... I only watched half of the game. Uh, it was an amazing result. But I guess similar to the topic we're going to talk about today, that was the end of the, the normal season. And um, obviously football going into the finals is a completely new game as soon as this series starts. So congratulations to Souths. Um, it may Go be the rabbit. highlight of the year for so, them. But I think the new competition so Troy, starts Friday night. As you know, I've been... As you know, Troy, I've been going through my slides, just kind of trying to consolidate my slide decks and in the different categories and so forth. So, Tommy, I came across a slide this week and, and it, was, it was kind of actually relevant to that game. And it said, if the best team on paper turned up at their best every week, they'd be undefeated all year. Because clearly, if you looked at statistics and strength and speed and skills there actually would be a hierarchy and one team would be, you know, the best and the second best. Now, and, and you yeah, know, putting aside the, the landslide, not, not even putting aside the landslide victory last week, I mean, how does South that were expected to possibly get flogged but certainly get beaten by the Roosters turn up? Well, uh, get, get that win. I think the reality is, and whether it's in real estate or sport, you've got to turn up every week, every day, every listing, every appointment, every phone call with your game face on, because if not, someone else that's hungrier than you, that's better prepared, 
is going to do that. And I think, you know, like I've, I've said all year, Roosters are the best team. And if they turn up on grand final day, they just win the game. It's as simple as that. But that wasn't, that was interesting that, you know, they turned up and they weren't on their game and they weren't mentally prepared. And South, on the other hand, appeared to have been mentally prepared. So anyway, I think um, it's a good metaphor. Sport is always a good metaphor for business that you have to turn up at your best every time. Tom, the 1st of October, Bob Mansfield, who you would know of, who's great, uh, a great legendary CEO and chairman in Australia. He worked for McDonald's and he also uh, worked for Optus. I think he was the CEO of Optus. Anyway, I, I had the fortune of getting to know him quite well when he was a bit more active in business. And he said to me once, he was mentoring me, and he said, John, 1st of October is the most important day of the year. I said, why is that, Bob? And he said, because that's the end of the first quarter. And if you are off track at the end of the first quarter, you have time to, sh to turn the ship and to make adjustments and to increase energy and to change strategy or shift some techniques. And you can be back on track by the 1st of January. But he said, if you don't make changes now, so if you're behind your personal expectations and budget and you don't make changes come 1st of January, if you're lagging significantly behind, he said it becomes 10 times harder to actually catch back up. So whether you're a business owner, well, everyone's a business owner really, but whether you're a you know, principal or whether you're an agent just running your own team, have a look at it. Are you on track up to expectations or off track? And if you're off track, make the adjustments now. So that was that was the 1st of October story. Troisy, on with the show. Okay. Well, Troy, but Troy, and don't feel too bad because John has got a habit of sending me a text message halfway through a West Tigers game getting smashed against Auckland Warriors and sending a text message and saying, what do you think? I think they're atrocious tonight. So he does seem to put the boot in uh, uh, when, when, he, when, when he knows his team's doing okay and yours is not. Now, 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 now guys, I want to talk about this subject because um, a lot of the McGrath agents I've been speaking to and the non-McGrath broader agents I speak to say a common thing. And that is, mate, with everything that's happening with COVID-19 and all the negative press, it's just incredible. Houses are selling for great prices. If we had more, we'd sell more. Then you have a different version on units. And it appears that, and not all sectors of units, you know, particularly units that are non-reproducible, a nice art decos, they're still treated in the same way as houses. But I'd love to talk about this sort of dual economy in real estate across some parts of Australia. What do you do when a sector of real estate is not selling as good? The sluggish listing. Um, and Troy, you might add any more value. Are you, what, what's your feedback on you know, houses versus units at the moment? Yeah, Tom, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there and with what a lot of the agents are commenting. They seem to have um, a lot of buyers, activity, inquiry come through to those houses. And I think it's a particular style of house as well. I think bigger houses right now in many aspects are getting a lot higher demand because of the lifestyle factors that we've spoken about over the past couple of weeks. Lifestyle regions, it may be a different bedroom that they can reconfigure into an office. It may be a garden area that they can have a bit more outdoor space. I think those types of attributes are doing extremely well in the market with inquiry and people wanting to buy them. Um, I'm seeing also the other side is some of the investment stock 
that we commonly refer to um, that's been tenanted or maybe vacant for a little while, that is taking slightly longer to move. Um, agents are saying they're happy to sell those properties, but they, they are definitely got a stronger connection and really trying to target those houses right now and those buyer sellers. So those, those vendors that are actually, if they find something they want to buy, they'll sell. Yeah, John, your view... Oh. Units versus so, houses? Yeah, houses are red hot. I, I spoke to a lot of, because it's the end of the month or the end of the year quarter, I spoke to a lot of our franchisees, principals today. I spoke to Matt and Jamie. Uh, Matt Steinway's just had his best ever month in real estate. I spoke to our boys down at uh, Ballarat that have just been coming out of COVID. They've just had a record quarter. I spoke to Craig Chapman in, in Canberra. So, I mean, a good, good, good across the east coast of Australia. And, and the story everywhere, Tom, was haven't seen the market this strong ever or for a long, long time. So now when they say the market, most of them were referring to that segment you're talking about, which is owner-occupier, good quality, family homes, or even better, you know, in terms of moving towards a luxury. Um, yeah, unit, units, look, there's no empty property in Australia. Every property has a buyer and a price. So I think you've got to say, if you are currently entrenched in units, Let's not, you know, sort of say, oh, well, that's a pity because we're not going to sell any. It actually then comes down to price. I think the conversation you've got to have is, is, Tom, with regard to the sale of your investment property, right now, there's a lot of stock. There are 157 listings, very similar to yours, in the same postcode or adjoining on the market today. So... A question I've got for you, Tom, is do you really have to sell? Because if you don't, what I'm going to suggest is maybe we actually reconsider a shift in timing, perhaps for six or 12 months, I'll keep you abreast of the market. But if you do have to sell right now, or if you are committed to a sale, I think we need to adjust price because price is going to be the thing right now that's going to drive sales. And that's the reality that if, if there's nothing special about your property, property, so let's say it's a cookie cutter unit and nothing wrong with that, by the way, but there's nothing special about it. And there's another 20 or 30 on the market in close proximity. Price is really going to be, if you want to sell now, price is going to be a critical thing. So I think you've just got to firstly realize that every property is saleable. It's up to price. Uh, every property has a price. Um, secondly, you know, it's probably a bit late at this minute to be shifting your, your mindset to houses, but I think this is going to last for some time. I think the investment stock is going to be under a bit of pressure for probably at least the next 12 months. So, you know, you might want to pivot a little bit and start letterbox dropping, door knocking and targeting expireds around the housing market. There's probably not many expireds at the moment in housing because it's so hot. So I, I think that... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's energy required, but it comes back to the good old-fashioned price alignment. If, if the price is right, the buyers will buy. The other thing, Tom, is many people have actually got, uh, or most agents, you know, principals anyway, have got a, a rent roll. I'd be going to your, your landlords and saying, would you be interested in adding to your rent roll, to your investment portfolio? Because right now we think there's some pretty good buying out there. And you might find some ready-made investors actually sitting in your own office in terms of uh, landlords that are already clients of yours. And I think it is a great time if you're an investor and you're cashed up and you can't afford to buy a house. I think it's a really good time to be looking at buying a, an investment unit out there. So I think, you know, you've just got to get more proactive, double down, work harder than ever before if you're selling the unit market. And if you're selling the houses, man, you just got to list those those uh, properties because if you list them, they're going to sell very well. And I don't see any end of this for the next 12 months. I think we're in a really purple patch in almost all parts of Australia, both 
uh, metropolitan and regional for the next 12 months. Um, John and Troy, I want to ask you uh, the question of people that are sort of owning a unit that might not be an investment unit, but they're living in a unit and they're looking at sort of taking the next step, which a lot of Australia is, and saying, hey, I do want a house now. I want a yard. I want to have a, a Zoom study room or I want to you know, have a place where I can have a pool or a pet. Um, I just want to ask you, uh, what sort of the conversation would it sound like to people that, hey, they're not going to get a great price because there is an oversupply of units, but um, if they were to wait till the market picked up, of course, they have the risk of houses going up even further and the gap would get bigger. How would you approach that conversation with a vendor that lives in one of their units? Yeah, it's, look, it is hard because if you're look, if you're selling a nice unit for you know nice street, nice outlook, north north facing balcony, you know nicely decorated, there should be zero problem getting a strong price. I think what we were referring to a little bit a few minutes ago was really the undifferentiated investment stock that's often in buildings which have got ninety percent investors and ten percent owner occupiers sort of thing. So uh, yeah, let's not misread that you know units are off the boil. I think good units are still in great demand. But I think sometimes, Tom, you know, the, the reality is the gap is the gap and it's probably that particular gap, um, you know, is not going to get smaller anytime soon because of the demand on housing is likely to send prices north in the next 12 months. And I think, you know, the unit market is not going to keep pace with the housing market. So I think you've either got to make the leap now if you can. Or perhaps, you know, lower your sights a little bit on the property instead of thinking, well, you know, I want to spend, I want a four bedroom house with a studio in the best street in Linfield. Well, maybe you've got to go for a three bedroom without the studio, you know, in a, in a, in a good street, but not the best. Because right now, I think you've got to make that upgrade because it's just, uh, it's not going to get any easier over the next 12 months. Troy, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, and I, and John, I, I kind of refer back to one of the conversations. Nice no, he's here. I can hear you. You, you yeah. broke up a little bit, John, but I think we're back. I always refer back, Tom, to um, John and I had a conversation with an agent yeah. this week, saying exactly that. In in if you are if you do have that stock uh, or you are in that apartment, the price that you sell for right now, yes, it may not be the premium that you're expecting or hoping for, but the buying opportunity may be better. So for you to upgrade, if you were to wait until the market picked up in your apartment, it would still upgrade. It'd be an upgrade, a significant upgrade in the house as well. So you're almost taking a little of a bit of a hit so, so you can buy better. And I, and I think those that understand and have seen cycles um, not too dissimilar to what we're in right now in the purple patch that John mentioned may see the right opportunity to upgrade. Can I ask John... When you look back at your real estate life when you were selling and listing full-time, do you recall when did you walk away from business, from listings? Pretty rare, Tom, i got to say. I mean, partly because of my competitive spirit and partly because sometimes what appeared to be a hard listing up front got me more excited because I realised I was going to have to be really on my mettle. So what does a hard listing look like? Well, you've got a a really tough vendor that's kind of, you know, says, you know, I'm going to be a hard client to deal with and perhaps their expectations are a bit higher. So unless it was wildly overpriced with no motivation, 
I would be going in there and I'd be saying, I can understand, Tom, you're looking for two million. Obviously, the comparable's around the one seven to one eight. So what I'm going to do is start the process with buyers that have got that sort of price range and we're going to have lots of communication and I'm going to give it every possible chance to get that super uber premium that you're looking for. So I'd have that conversation. Now, most people, if there's a, if there's a get serious about prices, if there's no motivation, um, I think that's a problem. If someone's wanting 2 million, the comps are at one seven, and they don't have to sell and they're only going to sell if there's a crazy premium. That's sort of the formula that I'd walk away from. But I got to say that was rare. Most people that rang me up and said they wanted to sell, even the difficult ones, they had an underlying motivation. Troy, John, we've been going for 25 minutes and because it's finals fever, we're going to leave <laughs> and I'm going to get some tips off you both on the AFL, which is we have a lot of listeners in Victoria and South Australia and other parts of Australia that follow the AFL. I'm going to quickly go through it. We're going to keep a recording of this and we're going to do a synopsis next week. On Friday night, the Lions play, uh, Brisbane Lions playing Richmond. Troy, who's going to win? Richmond. John? Brisbane Lions. St Kilda versus Western Bulldogs on Saturday. St Kilda versus Western Bulldogs, who's going to win? Troy? Uh, Bulldogs. Okay. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Uh, and then we got West Coast Eagles versus Collingwood on the Sunday. Uh, the Pies will win. Magpies. Collingwood for me. I agree. By the way, I feel terrible going against St Kilda. We've got an office in St Kilda that we love dearly. Well, so John, to Josh, Michael, and the team, sorry if you're listening in. Sorry. We've got a very big following as well from our uh, Victorian offices uh, with Richmond as well. So I'm, uh, I'm glad you went Brisbane, John. You can, you can have the Brisbane offices. I'll stick with the, uh, the Victorian team. Okay, let's swing around to the NRL. First round of the uh, final season. Okay, first first games tomorrow night is Penrith Panthers versus Roosters. Now that's a great game. Ivan Cleary, that's a good game. Who's going to win that, Troy? Uh, listen, I, I don't think a, a a great team can have two bad games in a row. I'm going to say the Roosters. John, hardest game of the season to pick. I agree. I don't think a great team can have two bad games in a row. So I'm going for Penrith. Well, we, they both, <laughs> unbelievable. Okay. This is, um, we should just do a podcast based on tip. Mate, i got to tell you, you know that, you know that uh, Ivan Cleary's daughter works in real estate and is a listener of the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Well, uh, I know Ivan's wife used to work with us, Troy, many years ago too. Yeah, so Rebecca used to work with, uh, with us out in the eastern suburbs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Many years uh, ago. Fine, fine family. A fine family. Uh, Tom, Indy. Indy is uh, Ivan's daughter. So she works uh, for, I think, uh, in Narrabeen. Yes, correct. Is it, is, it, is it Ray White's or McGrath? Ray White. Ray White. Okay. Um, and there, I've got a real estate gym member that sent me a message uh, last night who is, this is another blast from the past. He's a uh, ex-football player for the West Tigers. And he actually said to me, I thought I'd reach out. You prob I'd probably be the only gym member that is an ex-West Tigers player. His name is Shannon McDonald. Do you ever remember Shannon McDonald? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, in the junior grades, I actually played against Shannon. Uh, fantastic player. Okay. 
All right, so let's quickly... Gary Jack got in. Gary Jack got into rugby league. I uh, of real estate, didn't he? Gary, I saw. I don't know if he's still in it, but he was doing quite well for a time there. Ex yeah. Balmain player. Correct, Gary Jack. Look, there's a there's a there's a few NRL players at the moment that are uh, uh, out in. Bow Champion. Bow Champion works for Farrers. Correct. Correct. John, and also in that same office where Indy works um, on the Northern Beaches, uh, Mark Gerard, the, uh, the former Australian fullback rugby union, also works. So there's a, there is a lot of talent out there in, in uh, sports professionals that turn into fantastic real estate. And, and, and before you go on to our, the rest of the games, don't forget the two my two co-hosts, both great ex-rugby league players that have <laughs> ended up being... End up being podcast callers. You've been very generous there, Tom. <laughs> okay. Then we've got, so can I ask you, Canberra Raiders versus the Sharks, who's going to win that? Canberra. Raiders specials. Melbourne Storm versus Parramatta. Storm. John? Melbourne by 20. Say that again, we missed it. Bad reception. Say that again. Melbourne by 20. Mel oh, wow. Okay. Melbourne by 20. Melbourne by 20. By 20, wow. And then the last game, South Sydney versus Newcastle Knights on Sunday. Troy, you're going to say South, aren't you? Because John um, signs off on the wages. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, Tom, um, I, I was very impressed with South. I, I think they were very cohesive. And um, if anyone, the master coach, Wayne Bennett, is definitely going to have them up for a finals game versus sudden death. And I'm a bit concerned about the Knights. I think they fell away, um, unfortunately, last in, towards the end of the season. So I just see it as South is the ultimate. Uh, they're going to win there. John? Yeah, there's a sense of timing, I think, about South. And unfortunately, the wheels fell off Newcastle last week. Again, we got some great offices in Newcastle too. So yeah. sorry, guys. But I think uh, the Rabbitohs may, uh, may come over the top of this. I don't think it's... I, look, you know, I said Melbourne by 20, half tongue-in-cheek. But I, I do think that... In finals footy, it's always a lot closer than you expect, almost always. So uh, I think the Rabbitohs will beat uh, the Knights, but I don't think it'll be a flogging. I think it'll, they'll all be good games. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. It is exactly five o'clock and John wanted a five o'clock finish because that's when his next commitment is. And we've given you a 30-minute podcast. We've covered sports. We've covered the economy. We've covered real estate. We've name-dropped a few people. Thank you so much, guys and girls. It is October 1, the most important quarter. 